0: American Education FM everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Well, welcome everybody. Lots to go over here. A few things I want to revisit from last week. Um, I've got some audio that I want to play too, a couple of things I want to read through and then I want to read a section out of the book which I've read from before Delusion and Mass Delusion by Yost Mirlu. And there's a couple of sections in there again that are so poignant that it's silly. And uh, it'll, it'll, I mean, it'll make perfect sense. And again, a lot of it has to do with the word usage and the mass manipulation with word usage, which is so common now that people are even saying things without knowing what they're saying and that what they're saying has been repeated time and time again. And they're saying it to sound intelligent and they're saying it to sound as if they are in the quote-unquote no, and they're not. They're just repeating what their what their TV tells them, but it's always important to revisit because that list of words or buzzwords or sayings is consistently being added to the uh, the human vernacular, which is a massive problem. So first off, just a couple of, uh, of points here. A couple of people you should follow on Gab if you're on Gab. I highly recommend, and these two wonderful individuals send me information on a regular basis, um, and it's that... It's, uh, let's see, at Rakers, R-A-Y-K-R-Y-S, please follow them, and give Vanessa Hurst to follow too, at V. Hurst, on Gab. Okay, the first thing was tossed to me by at Rakers, and it has to do with a follow-up, and a very accurate follow-up with the story, of course, that was lambasted, or not lambasted, but it was tossed everywhere, um, all over social media, with the... Mayor from Hudson, Ohio, uh, up around the Cleveland area, sitting down at the at the school board there and, and essentially saying, hey, um, your entire school board is on notice. Either resign or criminal charges will be brought because they've talked to a judge and they've talked to the police XYZ. So here's the entire story and what it had to do with, and it had to do with a writing prompt. Now, one of the interesting things that exists with these quote-unquote writing prompts that exist in school is that as a defense, the teacher administrator school board will always say, well, it was a supplemental assignment, which means that it's an optional assignment that the teacher just decided to choose, even though there's lots of other things to do. But yes, it does exist as a part of the curriculum, but we're just choosing it, um, you know, for. X amount of days or whatever, and there's clearly other things that we can do, so hey, look, we're not going to do it anymore. Well, that's not a valid excuse ever by saying, hey, look, it's in a stack of materials that we use, but we don't always use it, but sometimes we do. As it turns out, the story gets a whole lot worse and a whole lot more inappropriate, as one might imagine, because again, you start to peel back that first layer of that mayor saying, hey, look, We're going to bring charges your way unless you do this or you do that. You start peeling back that onion, and there's more and more, of course, that always comes with it. So this comes from Cleveland.com, and it's titled, Inappropriate Prompts in Hudson High School Writing Book Went Unnoticed for Five Years. And the writing book is called 642 Things to Write About. Now, I can give them 642 things to write about, and I assure you it's not going to be the things that you're going to hear in this article. And I'm going to read this article in its entirety because it's awful. It says the following. Hudson, Ohio. Hudson City Schools has used the 642 things to write about book in a college-level class without issues for five years until upper uproar over its inappropriate writing prompts prompted Hudson Mayor Craig Schubert to threaten legal action against school board members if they didn't resign. Students' parents had to sign a consent form acknowledging that the class taught in collaboration with Hiram College, or Hiram College, perhaps, contained adult themes, quote-unquote, though it did not specifically list sex, murder, and alcohol among them which, of course, means that's exactly what's in it, and that is exactly what's in it. They said, quote, We absolutely signed off, this is from a parent, apparently, uh, that we understood these college-level classes and that there might be adult material that they are exposed to, Monica Havens, mother of a high school senior, told Cleveland.com Thursday. I am okay with adult content, but I guess it depends on your definition. I don't know that even college students should be writing about murdering someone and how they would do it and why they would do it. Certainly, there have to be better writing prompts to get your creative juices flowing. The Hudson High School Manager of Communications and Alumni Outreach, Jennifer Reese, told Cleveland.com that the book's prompts are used approximately once a week in the class. Once a week, ladies and gentlemen. Once a week for five years, it says. "Quote with 642 prompts and less than 40 weeks in a school year, many of our prompts were never utilized," Reese noted. Reese did not specify whether Hudson Schools or Hiram College responsible for choosing was responsible for choosing class materials. However, she said that the district is reviewing our process for how the books are selected. You should have done that from the start. I'm going to cut to the chase here. Um, They did release a statement saying this, quote, On Friday, September 10th, the Hudson City School District was made aware of the writing prompts in a supplemental resource, a writing journal titled 642 Things, blah, 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 blah. So it says this, it says, uh, Even so, given recent concerns presented by parents of students in this course, the district collected the books and discontinued their use. Um, The Board of Education, according to the statement, will undertake a thorough investigation, quote-unquote, and use those results to determine if any further action is to be taken. While we respect the mayor's position with the city of Hudson, in accordance with state laws of Ohio, the supervision of public schools of this district is the responsibility of the Board of Education. The statement said, adding that no board members have indicated any intention to resign. So the basic power grab, they're not going to resign. They don't have to. They were elected officials. This is, this is the, the problem. This is federalism in a nutshell. The locals can do what they want. Again, they don't have to leave. Why, why would a tyrant want to leave a tyrannical position where they have power? Um, they don't care about people. I've said it a thousand times. These people do not care. They don't care about the very people who work in these institutions. They don't care about the support staff. They don't care about the parents. They don't care about the students. You're sending your children to an institution, by and large, that does not care, in particular if it's a public institution. So here were some of the writing prompts, and they have them listed out here. Quote, choose how you will die. That's one of them. The next one says, write a scene that begins with, it was the first time I killed a man, quote unquote. The next one says, describe your favorite part of a man's body using only verbs. The next one says, you have a dream that you've murdered someone. Who is it? How and why did the murder happen? And what happens afterwards? The next one says, you are a a serial killer. What TV shows are on your DVR list and why? The next one says, write a sex scene you wouldn't show your mom. The next one says, you have just been caught in bed by a jealous spouse. How would you talk your way out of this? The next one says, write a sermon for a beloved preacher who has been caught in a sex scandal. The next one says, describe a time when you wanted to orgasm but couldn't. The next one says, 10 euphemisms for sex. The next one says, write a letter from the point of view of a drug addict. The next one says, drink a beer, write about the taste. The next one says, write an X-rated Disney scenario. Well, theoretically, that's basically every Disney movie, if you're familiar with Disney whatsoever. Anyway, the last one here says the first time you had sex. It says other topics are perfectly benign, such as describing the worst Thanksgiving dish you've ever had, uh, the way you mistreated a friend, and how your cat sees the world, according to a video posted on Amazon by the bookseller. And that's the end of the article. Now, I've brought this up before. It's not an accident that Weimar Germany is not taught in school. It's not an accident that why Hitler became uh, ended up in control in Germany is not taught in school. They leap over some very critical issues in history. And again, even as Voltaire has said, history is simply a group of men who gather in a dark room and agree on a lie. So with that said... The reason again, and I've said this before, i I know I have, but the reason that books were burned in Germany were these kinds of, was because of these kinds of books. These were the kinds of books that were burned in Germany, the perversions that had made their way in to libraries, schools, colleges, you name it. It was the perverse books that were written by communists that were burned and lots of people were burning them. Again, parents, students, teachers, professors, librarians, you name it. Many of them were burning these books, and the government allowed it. Now, it's legal to burn books in our country. The problem is, is that the book burning is falsely brought up even by quote-unquote freedom fighters in our own country who are all for freedom and independence. They're misusing that history. They're mistelling it by saying, whatever, only Nazis burn books. We need to allow all books to exist. If you want all books to exist, then why are you fighting against this kind of a book being in your school? So you don't want all books to exist. What we would like, hopefully, is morally sound books to exist in school. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to find the McGuffey readers in a library, by and large, in a public school setting. Because inside the McGuffey readers that teach people to read, even adults who are illiterate will read the McGuffey readers and learn how to read. The reason you don't find them in public libraries, in particular public school libraries for the most part, is because. Of really two reasons. Well, I would go so far as to say three reasons. Well, perhaps even four. Frankly, number one, they work. That's that's really the first reason is they work. Number two, they are morally sound books that teach whoever's reading it actual lessons. Good versus evil, appropriate behaviors versus inappropriate behaviors, manners versus a lack of manners. The third reason is that you're going to hear the name God in those books. God's name is repeated in the McGuffey readers on a regular basis. If you instill that in a child, all of the things that I just said that are in those books, you're going to be raising, hopefully, a morally sound individual. But if they're not reading those kinds of things, and they're reading things like this, or they're even being told again, these kinds of writing prompts, like in this uh, 642 Things to Write About book, that if this is quote-unquote college-level writing material, they're going to believe that that's what college is all about. And unfortunately now, that's what college has become. It's become this factory of degeneracy, so to speak, where writing prompts like this are used among the most immoral professors. And again, they have free reign and academic freedom to apply this within a college setting. It's unfortunate because they should be teaching them how to read, how to write, and how to speak correctly, because as I've stated in the past now, we have more individuals graduating from high school who can't do any of those things. They don't speak English fluently, which is a tell that the individual cannot read proper English and isn't reading proper English nor writing it correctly. That's, I mean, that's the, that's the chain of events. That's the ripple effect. And it finds itself at the college level, which is remarkably unfortunate. But again, it's perpetuated at the college level. Just sit around and listen to us talk about Marxism and gibberish and how we all need to be activists and blah, blah, blah. But don't worry about writing complete sentences or reading actual literature or actual English so that you can learn sentence structure and a thousand other things. They don't want that these are the useful idiots. This is the dumbing down of society. It's been said a million times. It's, um, yeah, it's just awful. But I wanted to read that to you. And again, thank you for uh, sending it to me. But um, it's a perfect example of how you peel back the onion just a little bit and you end up with a whole lot more. And again, that really was the crux of what the mayor was pointing out was the writing prompts, um, the perverse writing prompts. But there's even more that takes place in that particular school. And um, a lot of it has to do, again, with perverse videos. And I'm going to play an audio here from a student from that same school district. And here's what she says. Give this a listen.
1: Last year in my other CCP class, when I was a junior, um, at the end of the year, we had um, a few extra weeks after we had um, finished our um, semester f- because of Hiram College. And we were watching um, movies that were rated R, that showed very sexual um, scenes and very explicit content. One with was a child that was a 10-year-old Um that was up on stage taking off her clothes to, um, do a perverted dance, like with a person. I just like, I don't even have to get into it. There was multiple movies. And our teacher said that because it is a college course, she's allowed to show whatever movie she wants. And I just think it's honestly disgusting that I'm like sitting here, like sitting in the room and told I wasn't allowed to leave the room because I had to be present for this class and I had to watch those things because, you know, like we're always told that, um, anything that we watch like is always going to stick with us and there were so many times in that class that we would watch a movie and she would be like I'm going to fast forward this part because this guy talks so much so sexually about this thing for the next few minutes but then described every single thing that that happened in that class and I just think it's disgusting that teachers can be allowed to do this just because it's a college course where I was a minor at the time like I just don't understand like how that's possible and how we're allowed to read books like this. And just, it's just, it just, it's so, I don't, I don't know. I just hate it.
0: Again, this is a perfect example of what happens when you, when you raise a morally sound human being. When you raise a morally sound human being, they can spot immorality a mile away. They, I mean, we've all been in those classrooms before where Something awkward gets said or it's not introduced appropriately or the material itself is just 100% inappropriate and it has no connection with what's going on in the classroom. This is a perfect example. Calling a course, regardless of what kind of course it is, it could be creative writing, it could be uh, critical thinking, blah blah blah, whatever it is. Introducing sexual perversion into a course is satanic. And it's communistic, and it's Marxist, and it's all of those things. Again, that's not history repeating itself, quote-unquote. That's bad people repeating their own behaviors from history. So, again, this entire concept is not new. The critical theory, the critical gender, the critical sex, the critical race, whatever you want to call it, and then, of course, the sexual perversions that come with it. None of that is new. Again, that's why Hitler won. Hitler won because the citizens of Germany were trying to rid their culture of that, of those perversions. That's, that's why. Now, I'm not, again, not defending Adolf Hitler and the particular things that were done within his government and the people around him and XYZ. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm staying focused here on the literature and how history is a mess and all of history is a mess, and people aren't learning from the people in history and those behaviors, and then they're acting as if they're new. Again, that's why this isn't being taught appropriately in any school. That's why they just say, well, Civil War, World War I, World War II, Vietnam, um, and then they just move on. Cold War, and then whatever they teach now about what's going on now. Probably just calling Donald Trump racist. That's probably just it. But that's the point. The devil is in the details, and the details actually matter because that is where you will find the truth. I'm not saying the devil's the truth, you get what I'm saying, but th- th- that's the point. Peeling back the onion, looking looking in between the gaps. Because it's in those gaps within, well, World War I happened, and then World War II happened. No, no. What happened in Europe in between those two times? Because what happened in Europe in between those two times has been happening in our own country since that time. You see, the communists didn't lose and the fascists didn't lose World War II. They just moved. That's all. They just moved to the United States. And as I've said in the past, who brought them here? Our own government brought them here. That's the problem. So, with that said, here's another story I wanted to bring up, and again, it shouldn't shock anybody. This is the old CRT nonsense, but I I just, I'm not even going to read this because it doesn't even bear reading. Um, But this is something, again, that I've brought up in the past before, shouldn't shock anybody, but it comes from the Gateway Pundit, and it's titled, Scumbag Teacher Laughs While Explaining How She uh, Disregards the Law to Continue Teaching Her Students CRT. And there's three uh, three teachers apparently in on this Zoom call or whatever, and um, that's a that's about it. Again, in June, th- this has to do with Iowa. They passed a law, House File 802, prohibiting subjects related to racism or sexism training, and diversity and inclusion efforts at governmental agencies and entities. And again, it shouldn't shock anybody that these whack job teachers are simply interested in continuing to teach their whack job nonsense because it's easy to believe a delusion and then teach their own imagination. That's why I've always said that CRT and critical theory is pretend because it's not real. It's just not real. So the teacher themselves doesn't actually have to teach anything. They think they're teaching something when in fact all they're teaching is a made-up illusion that they have been sold, that they believe. Again, in the words of stand-up comedian Dana Gould when he was referencing um, reality television shows, you're watching the amateur production of nothing. It's like looking at a drawing of a picture of a hologram. And he's right. And you can say the exact same thing with critical theory and the people who teach it. It's the drawing of a picture of a hologram. It's nothing. And these people are so brain dead that they have no idea that what they're actually teaching is nothing. But they're never going to get it. I mean, that's how far gone they are. So, there you go. There's that one. Um, I wanted to mention this too. Because again, Vanessa Hurst tossed me this, and in fact, it reminded me when she tossed me this that um, we discussed this on a particular podcast episode, and she in particular brought it up, and and she's 100% right. And again, Kentucky's not the only state that does this, and there's no way that it's just one district that does this, but um, a while back in a couple episodes, I think from last week, or at least one episode from last week, and I've brought this up before, but the business of vacant schools being sold and property being sold among school districts and how that all shakes itself out. Um, And I said, there's, you know, there's going to come a time, of course, in the near future where they just turn themselves into mental institutions or schools for the handicapped or the disabled or what have you. Of course, that's an actual thing and that happens. Um, She reminded me, of course, and, and we again brought this up in a previous episode, but They're also being used and sold to drug rehab companies, and these drug rehab companies, of course, then use the school to take in the drug addicted and rehab them, hopefully, but then the bigger problem comes, well, with a few things. Number one, the school district ends up selling it typically at a profit, because technically speaking, most school districts are in the real estate business they're in the property management business. And I've brought that up before, as has Thomas Sowell. He writes about it in his book, Charter Schools and Their Enemies. An excellent book. I highly recommend picking it up. And again, not new, but um, school districts will buy up vacant property so that other schools cannot be built there, whether they be charter school, private school, whatever. And then, of course, for the purpose of owning that property, so if a large company comes around, then that large company will pay uh, an exorbitant amount of money for the property because they have the money to spend, and they'll buy it from the school district, and then the school district takes the profit and sticks it in their back pocket. Not uncommon, and that happens with regularity. But I'm going to read this directly from her because then again, she has a bunch of news reports that are related to it, in particular in other states as well. And again, the thing with And the other unfortunate part about this is that the property owners around the vacant school typically don't want a drug rehab center around their home for rather obvious reasons. So it says this quote, she said, You had mentioned in the podcast that all these buildings were going to be empty sooner rather than later, and that you said that they might become mental hospitals. You weren't far off. It's already happened more here in Kentucky, I'm sure, because of our rampant drug, our rampant drug abuse. I will say for every story like these, there are a half a dozen abandoned school buildings turned into apartments. However, I would also say that there is less demand for classrooms turned into cute studio apartments here and more demand for drug abuse and mental illness treatment facilities. So in the end, it depends on the area and what there is more demand for. She says, I predict." Perhaps COVID hospitals like the old tuberculosis sanatoriums are around the corner. Drug rehab is what Bloomfield residents are afraid of. It happened to Chaplin, a small Nelson County town near Bloomfield. Chaplin's tiny elementary school, 198 students, was consolidated into Bloomfield Elementary. Then the building was sold to a rehab, see link below. Uh, One was proposed for Cox's Creek Elementary old building, but they withdrew their request for a permit because of the pushback. It was a privately owned building at at that point, so they needed a conditional use permit that had to go before planning and zoning with a public hearing. If the school owns it, they can sell the building to whomever they please, drug rehab, mental hospital, whatever, it doesn't matter, unquote. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. So that's always, you know, it's always worth knowing that school districts can buy up property with taxpayer dollars. They don't have to tell you they're buying up property. They can sell it to whoever they want. They don't have to tell you who they're selling it to, and they don't have to tell you how much money they made on it. Unless, of course, they end up bringing it up in a particular board meeting on their own, which they're not likely to do. And even if they're asked by a citizen, Where's the money? What are you spending the money on? We're keeping track of the numbers. Where is it? And they just look at them, and then they just get a blank stare back. Because, again, they don't have to answer, which is the sick part. But that's what freedom of information requests are about and open records requests and things of that nature, which, again, I encourage people to do in their local area if they're interested because you're going to find out where a great deal of that money is going. You're going to find out that they're spending the money on... Their own cell phone bills and brand new cell phones and their car payments and automobiles? Probably not. You're probably not going to find that out, but it is something that happens. Uh, here's the next thing. And again, I, this is revisiting something from last week. The Tennessee State University, I believe that was the college, of the, of the golfer who received the jabs and then was diagnosed with myocarditis, which means his life is going to be shortened dramatically, this individual has seen the light. There's no doubt about it. And you're going to hear him very briefly here in this audio from a later date after being in the hospital, where he describes being bribed, essentially, uh, or coerced to sell his story so that he can be controlled and ultimately shut his mouth. But fortunately, I have a feeling this is a God-knowing This is a God-knowing individual, and um, you're just going to hear it straight from him. So here we go. I need your help. Everyone who has had an adverse reaction from the COVID vaccine, we need to go report it. Right now, the reports are not accurate because everyone who has had a reaction has not reported it. I need everyone, especially young people and student-athletes, to go and make sure you report it. If you were hospitalized from the vaccine, make sure you leave with the paperwork and documentation saying it was from the vaccine. Some people have tried to buy my rights of my content and story to keep me from being able to share it anymore. It's not right what's going on. We have got to get the message out. Now, this is interesting, I think. And it's something that, again, has been brought up a gazillion times online on the anonymous boards and social media and whatever. And it's something that we have to keep in mind, I think, from a larger perspective. And I'm guilty of this as well, of of forgetting this. And I'll fully admit that. Um, But this is an excellent reminder. There is a spectrum of awakening that exists. And we need to understand that, myself included, that Everybody wakes up at a different time. The unfortunate part here is that people are waking up after receiving the jab. And I suppose waking up at one point or another in a person's life is clearly a good thing. We would just like that they wake up before they poison themselves to death. Because then we can have somebody again who fights longer and can hopefully fight for a longer period of time. Um. even so, with that aside, having him say, we need to get the message out, we need to get the message out, that's fantastic. and And as long as he continues to wake up and understand that we've been ahead of the curve here for quite some time. And when this started to roll out in March of 2020, we already were screaming at the top of our lungs, don't take these jabs that come out, don't do that. I mean, You know, that's how far back this goes, and it goes back even further than that. We're talking about the uh, mid-1800s, late-1800s, early-1900s. This was being written about, this was being published, that they would eventually use inoculations as a point and a a purpose to wipe people out. Again, depopulation in eugenics is not new, but... This right here is indicative of what's not taught in school. Do they teach eugenics in school and the negative impact of that and what that is? Of course not, because it's happening right now. And it wouldn't be happening now at the rate that it's happening if it was taught in school and if it was taught properly, but it's not. See, it's just World War II and then right on into Vietnam and the Cold War, or World War I and then back and forth, as I've stated in the past. So this again is indicative of a failure to educate properly. But at the same time at least this is an example of a young person, a young adult who is on the right track to helping wake up other people and hopefully they do. I find it remarkably sad as I know countless others that it took this in order to wake them, you know, in order to wake them up. <clears throat> that it took such a you know a, a horrific life altering, life-shortening event, poisoning, in order for them to um, to see the light, so to speak. But at least they're passing on a positive message, and hopefully, again, the more they do it, the more lives that they'll save, the more doubt they'll put in people's minds as to taking these jabs. Because as I, as I've said in the past, if a person is jabbing themselves now, they're dead asleep. They're not paying attention to anything. Which leads me to this next thing that I wanted to mention, and it's a quick follow-up, again, from an article that, uh, that I read last week. There was a Michigan high school where the principal of the high school had police officers, and everybody's masked up except for the students. And the students, again, weren't wearing masks, and they were protesting the no masks, um, or they were protesting the mask wearing by not wearing masks. And then they were ushered into a cafeteria, and they're all sitting at cafeteria tables. And then the principal walks in as they're all sitting there, um, and he's wearing a mask. And then there are police officers behind them wearing masks. There's TikTok video, which again was sent to me, that shows the students essentially standing up for themselves, which is a fantastic thing. And I have to tell you something. Of all of the things that exist out there right now that's happening, and there's clearly lots happening, um... One of the things that really lights a fire in me that I just love, and it really warms my heart, is seeing students, middle school, high school students, in particular these high school students, and even college students when they're doing it and they're not completely deranged, but these high school students standing up and speaking truth to power, holding up their cell phone, recording the entire interaction, and then sticking it to the man. I absolutely love that. I can't say that enough. How much that that just warms warms my body. It's like a warm blanket, uh, a a cup of hot chocolate, sitting next to a fire on a freezing cold day as the snow is pouring down. It's just the most warm feeling, like sticking your feet in the sand. I mean, I could go I could go on and on and on. It really warms my heart. So. I'm not... I uh, I will play this TikTok video. I will play this audio, which again was sent to me by Rakers uh, on Gab, if I'm saying that correctly. But um, the audio is a little hard to hear, but it's worth hearing. And to essentially pay... I'll, I'll put the link of it in the description below um, so you can see it. It's a massive link, again, because it's on TikTok. But the... There's at least two or three female students that are standing up. Everybody else, all the other students are sitting down. They've caught the principal in one of their own lies, and then the video gets cut off. But there's a female student standing up recording and saying, you said you'd do this, and now you're doing this, so why are you suspending us, and blah, blah, blah. And then you'll hear, again, a male student speak up as well. So give this a listen, and again, my apologies for the poor audio, but again, it's just the, it's the sheer leadership. Because these are the people that our country needs going forward. We don't need the, you know, the the milk toast run of the mill. I'm going to wear my mask and I'm just going to go back to class because I'm just going to go back to class and whatever else. Again, look at the dynamic from a bird's eye point of view, which is hilarious, by the way, because in the video you can also see a student wearing a mask with their backpack walking up the stairs standing at the overhang and sort of and sort of wondering where they are. I mean, they're in the matrix. They're they're caught in between the real world and the matrix. This particular student is standing up high. They're looking down on their fellow classmates who aren't wearing masks as this person is wearing a mask walking back to class. So jump inside the mind of that person for a moment. What is that person thinking to themselves? Here I am, an NPC uh, brainwashed goon walking back to class with my mask on while I'm looking down at approximately 50 plus of my peers not wearing masks standing up to the principal of the school build- building who looks like uh, a secret service agent wearing a mask as soft and doughy as he is with police officers standing behind him wearing masks. What is that one individual student thinking to themselves? I mean, the the sheer confusion is is palpable. So here's the audio from the TikTok video.
1: Give me that blue underarm bag, next. To you. Oh I'm out of here. I gotta go. I gotta get here All right, everybody. Uh, you know, a few minutes ago I was out here and let you know that you're ready to the class or choose to leave. Letting you know now if you choose not to leave, you're gonna be suspended. Which then will affect right
0: Okay, so very quickly, he basically says, if you couldn't hear that, wear a mask and go to class or else you're gonna be suspended. And if you get suspended, that's going to impact your academic standing or your ability to play sports. Ooh no, not play sports. Um and then whatever else. So I'm just all right, I'll just continue here
1: you uh, a few minutes and to uh, I think that over it's ten twenty three now at ten thirty-three uh if you're still here uh, we're gonna consider that your choice to be suspended. Uh, yes, ma'am? How's the clarification? why are we getting suspended? Insubordination on what I I I'd, I'd let you know you either need like to put on a mask and go to class or leave the school if you're choosing not to. Now uh, you're violating Okay. So we so, yeah. police? Yeah, so I was gonna ask that can we have the police tell us to leave? Is that can we have that? that would be that process. So like no, I said, my opposite last No, I just but if that's the you got you have you'll be asking. So if you to be suspended, i so, can you tell us like, on Tuesday that we had until Friday that we were doing these house after shops? I said <laughs> it's on video. It's on video. You said Friday, and you told us that we weren't going to get in trouble, and like, now you're telling us that you are telling like, us to make a choice now, and so we're going to get suspended in to school. So pretty much you promise these things, and now you're back. You're going to take me from us. You're going to That's what I thought you could manage and sustain. As I explained in my office, this situation is no longer sustainable. So you made your choice. So you want us to be done with our parents' yes. weekend in two days, and not on their set and our date? Yes. Stop. stop. What do you mean? Why are we making it? Why are we making so are you saying that this is unsustainable because we are listening or like, uh, like fighting? So yeah. yeah. uh, this is the origin thing, it's on the
0: sample, it's a jar
1: we're going to get more students down here. I just not want this is disrupting our school. This is disrupting it, what don't want to disrupt done in everything. over. <laughs>
0: okay. So again, this is this is the part of it that that warms my heart, and then the flip side, of course, is that it drives me nuts. And everybody's, of course, has to understand this, and the people who are listening to this know this which is why, again, I recommend that you share these episodes wherever you can, in particular among those students. See, I would love those students to listen to this podcast and know that this podcast exists. See, high school students and middle school students who are awake need to be listening to this podcast as much as humanly possible because I'm standing up for you. I love you. I know exactly what you're doing, and I want you to keep doing it because it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. They caught the They caught the principal in in one of his own lies about a deadline or something like that. They called him out on it. They all started laughing. They said, it's on film. We got you on film saying it, blah, 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 blah. I mean, they've got him. They have him dead to rights. At the exact same time, however, this is a test in human compliance. The mask has nothing to do with illness other than creating illness, which the mask does. We've been over that a thousand times. It has to do with, are you going to be a slave or aren't you? Are you, being a, are you willing to be a slave or aren't you? Are you willing to do something that's completely irrational in the face of something else because of something else? Even though it's been proven to not work, are you, will, are you still willing to do it anyway, regardless of how ludicrous it may be? And that right there was a group of students that was saying, no, we're not going to do it. Nor should they. In fact, again, if I was there and not an employee. I'd have looked at all of those students and said, can you read? And they would say, yes. And I would say, then stand up, go home and homeschool yourselves. Here are two pr- online school programs, Calvert Education, Abeka.com. Check them out. Tell your parents these exist. Be the adult. Take responsibility for your own education. Stop attending these institutions. If you can teach yourself how to read, you can teach yourself any subject you want. Get on Gab, read Gab. Get on Telegram, read Telegram, not, you know, celebrities and movie clips and blah, 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 but like actual real history, the stuff that really exists along with what's going on now and why it's going on now. Because again, the people that are posting on these social media platforms like Gab, Telegram, et cetera, BitChute in particular, you're, you're not only going to be learning about current events, you're going to be learning about history because they always reach back to history and bring that up as well. And that's beyond relevant, and that has to continue to happen. So A a person can't just consistently talk about what's going on today without bringing up the fact that it's already happened in the past. And then, of course, projecting down the line as to what's going to happen in the future, because what's going to happen in the future, it's going to be far worse. Because, again, the enemy is laying out this plan right in front of everybody's faces. What you're seeing with these students is, is they're questioning the present, which means they need to now start questioning the past. And prepare to fight what happens in the future because that right there is a warrior and that's an awesome awesome thing it was brilliant it was absolutely brilliant and you were even seeing the student leaders stand up among one another because some were more knowledgeable than others and they're standing up and they're recording they're going all right I got a question peep this and then they're and then they're asking the principal you know about this that or the other Again, why they are all there still boggles the mind, but it does it does shine a light on the fact that even they, as right as they are right now, are even limited in their thought into believing that they have to graduate from a brick-and-mortar school in order to receive a viable high school diploma. They don't. They just don't. Not to mention if they don't like wearing the mask now in high school, what makes them think they're going to want to go to a college or university in the future that's going to mandate it and mandate that they get the jab? See you take a a homeschooling diploma which is this counts the same as any other place and you apply it anywhere and it will be accepted anywhere it can be accepted in in online institutions it can be accepted in colleges and universities that aren't mandating the jabs although most of them are starting to now and and are continuing to do so and will continue to do so in the future because they're destroying themselves. So I just pray that those students don't take the jabs. I pray that they that they stand firm and that they continue to build the foundation around them with actual knowledge and factual history so that they can continue to move forward in this war in a positive direction. But again, it warms my heart. I love clips like that. I absolutely love it. Um, again, I'll link it in the description below, without a doubt. Okay. Wanted to read this section. This is actually section 2, page 59, from Delusion and Mass Delusion by Yos Mirlu, And the subchapter of this is called The Craving for Catchwords. It reads as follows. Quote, the constant repetition of an emotional symbol makes the masses ripe for government by catchword. The catchword can precipitate the discharge of a specific collective explosion. After the Germans had conquered Europe by arms, they tried to conquer its spirit by catchwords. Their friends and traitors and turncoats knew the trick well. Whenever they had the opportunity, they coined new catchwords to obscure the old ones. They were fighting for the most beautiful ideals. Such phrases as, quote, the new world, and, quote, fighting for a new Europe, were common ones. Quote-unquote renewal became a particularly dangerous catchword. Whenever the fallacious implication of a catchword was exposed, a new one was coined to justify the old ones. Aggressive catchwords enabled the masses to express the discharge to, dis- to express, sorry, and discharge their feelings of hate, and each man could project his private angers on the mass incentive. And then the next section is titled, well, first of all, let's review on that for just a second. The list of catchwords that has been used since March of 2020 again both isn't new and if you go back even further you'll find countless other catchwords or catchphrases that are that are tossed into the human vernacular if i say the if i say the the phrase or saying just do it what comes to mind if you said nike and the corporation of nike then you would be correct if you thought of something else that's fine but those catchwords are used, again, on purpose. For those of us um, who grew up in the 80s, if I said, quote-unquote, image is everything, what does that bring up, if you remember? That was Reebok. That was the slogan and catchphrase for Reebok. Now, it's not just, again, corporations that do this. It is government. And corporations and government work hand-in-hand hand because theoretically, and well, technically, they are the same snake. Two separate heads, same exact snake. Now what are we hearing, of course? The Great Reset. We're hearing the word vaccination. And now, here's the trick, and I've caught this, and maybe you have too, in particular with the Australian government. Us patriots knew that the word vaccination was was being misused because what's being doled out here is not a vaccination by legal nor medical definition, even though they've changed it in Merriam-Webster's dictionary back in March of 2020. They changed it and included their B definition to include messenger RNA in their vaccine, which again is not a vaccine by, as I've said, legal or medical definition. So now the Australian government is doing what? The Australian government is using the word, quite literally, the word jab. Now go out and get your jab, see? Go out and get your other jab. Don't worry, you know, the vaccine passports in the future are just for your jab. That's what they're saying. They're saying the word jab now. No, they can't do that. That's our word. Jab is our word. We have that word. We call it jab because we know it's not a vaccine. But what what are they doing, of course... They're using the word jab to normalize it now among the people who don't know the word war that takes place on a constant basis. So their government officials are using the word jab. They're not using vaccine as much anymore. Go out and get your jab. No, no. Jab's our word. Leave it alone. Um, what other words? There are, there are endless words. For the greater good. It's for the greater good. That's in the Communist Manifesto, for Christ's sake. They're taking it straight from the Communist Manifesto, but they're assuming people haven't read the Communist Manifesto, which you should read it, by the way. It's not that long. It even has the word useful idiot in it, that matters. The people pushing this are the useful idiots. Whether they know it or not, care or not, doesn't matter. It's being used that way. The word manipulation is, is rampant. And there are countless others. Um, we, we know that there are, and you're probably ringing them off right now as I'm saying this to you. But again, Jos Lou pointed this out a number of years ago back in the uh, 1950s, and he wasn't wrong because again, even then it was well over 50 plus years old as far as word manipulation was concerned. In fact, it, at that point, it would have been roughly 100 years old. Uh, here's the next section. And I just want to read, uh, I'll make this the last one. This is the last subsection. It's titled right below it, The Equalization of the Masses. It reads like this, quote, The mass leaves no room for particularity in individuality. The individual must learn to howl with the wolves. The mass thinking intimidates the individual. Only a few, only a very few are able to withdraw in, in critical isolation. The mass challenges this withdrawal especially when a general feeling of fear prevails in all nonconformist thinking forbidden. The equality of mood acts as a narcotic. The individual is finally dragged away by the feelings of the mass. The catchword and the spirit is assimilated. One is forced to scold with others' fellow members as the official scapegoats. The excited mass demands substitute objects on which it can discharge its disappointment and fury. These serve as cathartic agents. Almost instinctually, man is forced to cooperate with and yield to the mass. It becomes impossible to evade mass thinking and mass action. The first impression will determine whether we will conform or not the need for direct evaluation forces us to give in to conformity. Unquote. So take that example right there. Take that snapshot of what Yosmer Merlu is saying. What he's saying is is that if you take this example and you plug it right into that Michigan high school around those cafeteria tables with those students. It's very difficult to go against the grain. It can be. If done, however, in a moral collective, it can be easier to do. However, there's still the chance that they'll slip back into their old conformist habits. In particular, if they continue to ask the tyrant about what they need to do in order to sort of get what both sides want, so to speak, and sort of have some kind of a compromise, which is what they were trying to do to some extent. But as, again, in that clip, if, it were, if you end up watching it, there's only one or two students standing up. The rest of them, again, seem very sheepish, and they're sort of looking around, but they're agreeing, and they're clearly siding with the right side. But again, what are the odds that they all just went home, decided to homeschool, never returned, never came back wearing a mask ever again? That's the only logical conclusion for for standing up against that kind of tyranny. That's the only logical answer, because if they return, and they wear the mask, and they continue to conform and comply, then they're giving the tyrant and and the tyrants in that building exactly what they want, which is breaking them down, breaking them down, breaking down the good person and the good group and the morally sound group, breaking them down more and more and more and more, and now look. They've all come back. They've all come back to the poison well for another drink. Yes, they said they wanted to drink somewhere else and they weren't going to drink from this poison well, but now look where they are. They're they're right back where they started. That's the breakthrough that has to be made with these students. That's the breakthrough that has to be made with the teachers. That's the breakthrough that has to occur. End of story, period. Put a stamp on it, that's it. They have to stand up for themselves in the face of these people and then never never come back. With that said, Wednesday's episode is also going to be a good one, I think, a very good one. I received a very long email from a school teacher and a parent in New Mexico. And they wanted to remind everybody out there, don't forget about New Mexico. Don't forget that New Mexico is a sta- is a state, <clears throat> excuse me, in the United States. And we have not forgotten. But what is going on in New Mexico is absolutely awful regarding their entire education system and a bunch of other things, as you might imagine, from their governor, from their state controlled governor and blackmailed governor, who's controlled by all the entities I've brought up in the past. Um, but they are going to be on Wednesday's episode. We're going to have a very late conversation, given the time change here. On, uh, late on Tuesday night. I look forward to that conversation. I would love to read the entire email as well, but they're going to be using their email as sort of an outline, and you'll hear it straight from her. So again, with that in mind, share this episode where you can. Let's get some high school students listening to this podcast if we can. Let's get them to understand that they're not alone, that their own, that their own clique or their own group or their own sphere of influence, so to speak, is not the only one fighting this battle that we've been out there for quite some time and we're not going anywhere. So let's get the focus on them. Let's, let, let's do what we can to get them to listen to this and empower them as best we can also and understand that they have more choice and more freedom than they could possibly imagine. So spread this episode around. Stick around for Wednesday. It's going to be a good one, and we'll catch you then. Take care. God bless. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.